Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are tuned in to Mouth of the South podcast. Welcome to the ramblings of a progressively optimistic truth teller. I am that truth teller, your host Shayla. Thank you for tuning in. I'm tired, y'all. I'm just in a very emotional space right now. I'm trying to choose my words carefully so I don't, you know, just start busting out crying on this mic. But it's just been a very difficult past couple weeks, y'all. Like, September's here, finally, but August really packed a punch. Um, Rest in peace, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. That news just really hit differently. Like, like, just the, not even the news of his passing, but coupled on top of that, the news of him having lost his life to cancer. Um, he had a four year long bout with cancer, lots of surgeries, lots of chemotherapy treatments, and he never showed it. He never looked like what he was going through. Anytime he had a mic in his face or had an interview or was on a movie set or a red carpet, like he was always this light and this presence, and he just didn't look like he what, he just didn't look like what he was going through at all. And that itself is a testament to how amazing he was as an actor to be able to put on that brave face every day when he had to go out here and deal with people on the Internet, shaming him about his weight loss and deal with races coming at him about all the monumental um, black ancestors that he played, coming to him about being the King T'Challa, you know, coming through and slaying the girls in Black Panther. Like, he dealt with all of that external struggle in the midst of dealing with a very tough internal struggle. You just, you really just never know what people are going through and the light that Chadwick is, because he's still going to continue to remain a light as an ancestor. You can't, you can't get rid of the mark, the imprint he left on this world. And that's the silver lining within the dark cloud that is his passing. You can't unsee him embodying Jackie Robinson. You can't unsee him embodying Thurgood Marshall, embodying these people that that black folks look up to, that black folks look to, our ancestors that we look to in the midst of struggle as beacons of hope, as testaments that Just because it's hard right now doesn't mean it's going to be hard forever. And there is success and power on the other side of struggle. 
2020 has really been the year of exposure, y'all, for real. Like, And when I say it's been the year of exposure, I don't mean in the shade room sense of, you know, you're being exposed, spilling the tea type of exposure. No, I don't mean that. Um, it can sound that way because I have a very black auntie spirit. <laughs> but I mean exposure in almost a medical sense, like put my RN hat on real quick. When you have a wound, like say you have a really bad wound on your leg or any part of your body and you have it covered up with a bandage or a band-aid or something like that, you can't leave that bandage on indefinitely. You have to rip that bandage off, expose that wound to light, to oxygen, That's the only way it will truly heal. When you leave a bandage on a wound, that darkness that's created around the wounded area is a prime area for bacteria to grow, is a prime area for infection to set in, There's danger in that darkness, but there is healing in light. Light therapy has been used for a very long time to help with depression, especially seasonal, seasonal affect depression. Red light therapy has been used to heal burns. People have really, really bad superficial burns. You can use a red light therapy to heal that. Oxygen, you can go into a hyperbaric chamber. And that 100% oxygen into that wound heals it faster than any amount of dressing changes ever could. 2020 is the year of exposure. And radical exposure can lead to radical healing. I mean that for the individual, too often we put on that brave face. And the brave face is necessary. I mean, you don't want to just be out and about at work just falling apart. <laughs> Although I have seen people fall apart at work, child. Well, white women don't care. They'll fall apart anywhere. It's, it's really us black women <laughs> and black men who have trouble Uh, reconciling and understanding our emotions and that's important you can put on that brave face while you're out and about but that's only a band-aid and you have to expose yourself to those emotions to truly heal I mean that as a whole for my black people for my black folks I know I ride for y'all harder than anything else (sighs) I'm trying, (laughs) y'all. I just get so emotional discussing this topic because I know what it's like. Shoot, I'm a black woman from Alabama, child. I know what it's like to watch white supremacy run like clockwork all around you and still find the time to love and embrace your black self. 
It's very hard, but it's very necessary. With racism, white supremacy causing the wounds, it's going to take the light of self-love and the oxygen of love for our community and love for the people that look like us to heal them. If we look to white folk, <laughs> to the oppressor, to heal our wounds, child, we'll be wearing this band-aid forever. I talk about the ancestors a lot because I look to them. They fought an even more pervasive form of white supremacy, an even more ever-present form, like... I, um, I've been watching Lovecraft Country. If you haven't, please check that mug out because I'm not even a horror movie type of girl, okay? I'm a very comedy, stand-up comedy type of chick. <laughs> very much so documentary. Um, very much so sitcom type of girl. But I, I'm always rooting for everybody black. So I, I sit down and watch a lot of Jordan Peele's um, movies through my fingers, <laughs> but I still partake, and I've been watching Lovecraft Country. It's so good, but the themes within that show, if you, if you haven't taken a history class in a long time, I know a lot of us get out of school and it's out of sight, out of mind. We ain't sitting down reading nothing. We got too much work to do. Okay, I got to go clock in. I do not have time to be, you know, sitting down reading the autobiography of Malcolm X on a bike like LeBron James. Okay, I have to go to work and feed my kids. <laughs> but um, Lovecraft Country does a very good job of portraying just how pervasive and just how ever, like, haunting, how horrific Jim Crow, segregation in America, how hard that was for black people and our ancestors survived that. Not only did they survive that, a lot of them thrived, built families, some built wealth, not, enough, not a lot of us, okay? Because white supremacy curved us away from wealth a long time ago, okay? They, they don't want us to have money, child. White, that's the last thing white supremacy needs is for us to get a coin, for real, for real. But I look to my ancestors because of that. Like, the strength they carried is passed on to us. It's passed on in the present day. It lives within us. Our, our ancestors hold us from within our own bodies, those from Black is King, and they do, because this fight is not done. Child, you look to these RNCs and these Trumpers and these MAGAs, and you would assume that we truly lived in a post-racial society. You know, let them tell it. Racism doesn't exist. Racism was in there when we, had, when we elected a black president. But, child, we know the truth. <laughs> We know the truth. That's just part of the band-aid. You know, they want to make you feel like you're crazy for even thinking that people can be racist after we had a black president. But y'all, y'all ain't vote for him <laughs> and did everything within y'all power to make sure he didn't prosper and are doing everything within your power now to make sure your agenda prospers. It's 
all kinds of protests, peaceful protests going on in regards to Black Lives Loss at the hands of police officers. And y'all want to focus on riots rather than focusing on what caused the riot. It's all a part of the Band-Aid. Respectability politics is all a part of the Band-Aid. And then when you when you fall into the respect, if you fall into the respectability politics, they just forget all about you when you pass away like Herman Cain. Like, dang, Herman Cain was tap dancing for y'all all across the RNC and y'all ain't even give him in memoriam. Child, that's, that's how white supremacy will do you, child. They don't give a damn about that. So <sighs> I feel better now. This has been very therapeutic. <laughs> I cried through the first half of this, but I just, I really just find solace and happiness in the fact that Black Panther came out before Chadwick Boseman passed away, and we were able to still, we were able to give him his flowers while he could still smell them. We really were, like, February 2018, when Black Panther dropped. Black people, black Americans, black folks, whatever positive moniker you want to put on our group. Black folks, we showed out, okay? We was down to the theaters. We packed the theaters out in in our best kente cloth, looking like Nancy Pelosi down, down on one knee with the Democrats, okay? We had on our best kente cloth. And we all showed up, and we showed out, and there was Wakanda forever. I'm doing the Wakanda salute right now. I almost pulled, I almost got me one of the Dora Milaje's. I almost shaved my whole little mane off. I just felt that powerful watching that movie and watching my people feel so imp- inspired and empowered by it. I'm just so happy that Chadwick got to experience that and got to see how much it meant to us for him to play T'Challa. Although y'all about wore uh, Chadwick out with that dang Wakanda salute. Now y'all was, Chadwick would be down to the restaurant trying to have him a meal. And y'all would jump up in his plate talking about Wakanda forever. Like, Chadwick was like, look, y'all, I love being T'Challa, but y'all, let me eat my meal. (laughs) And so, rest in peace, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. And my plea to black people is that the same way we showed up for Chadwick in life, let's show up for Chadwick in death, in solidarity with his views and his beliefs. We have to go vote, y'all. We have to vote. We have to vote. If you are a black American within the sound of my voice and you still have your right to vote, you have to vote. Okay, for your brothers and sisters who have lost their right, are incarcerated, brothers and sisters who have lost their rights, we have to vote. We have to go out. I understand the climate. I understand it's cool now to, you know, think voting is a fraud and voting doesn't work. And what's the use in voting? If it doesn't work, the system is rigged. End of the day, regardless of how many Facebook um, poli-sci degrees you have, America is still a democracy, and the vote still matters. We have to vote while we still have the opportunity to do so. You gotta vote. 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 You gotta vote.
you ever just have like such a good cleansing, releasing cry that everything else is jokes after that? <laughs> like you just released your whole spirit in tears and you're like, you know what? I could really just sit down and watch, you know, some office, some, uh, some of the office right now. Like I really could just laugh. Um, but I digress. We got to vote y'all point blank in the period. Like I understand it's not a perfect situation right now, but it's even more important that we actually go out and vote. When when you when you're the most apathetic about voting, that's when you need to go out and vote the most. Okay, we have a lot of Senate seats going up for election. We need to flip that Senate. We got some of our Democrats in the House coming up for re-election. We have to make sure that they get reelected, and we have to mentally prepare ourselves for a possible, you know, second term of Cheeto in chief. We have to prepare ourselves for that. I know I get, you know, I'm I'm the optimistic truth teller and people think I'm a little pessimistic when I bring that up, but it's facts. We have to prepare for that. He's also still running. I understand that, you know, people are fed up with him. Um by people I mean black people, but you know, white people still love Trump. I went to the mall the other day here in Huntsville. They had a whole they didn't took over the whole uh I think it used to be Spencer's, the whole little Spencer's, and they made it the Republican Party store. Child, you can come in and get you a MAGA hat, come in and get you a Trump sign. The whites still very much love Trump. So we have to vote. We have to vote. Have to, have to, have to. If you feel, if you're in a big city, um, be prepared to stand in line, bring your mask, bring your hand sanitizer, or bring your snack. Most polling places are open 12 to 13 hours. If you got to go after you get off work at 5, as long as you're in line before the polls close, you are allowed to vote. If you're uncomfortable going to vote because of COVID and, you know, you want to cast an absentee ballot, request one now. I know here in Alabama, you have until October 29th. To request an absentee ballot and make sure you send it in two week at least two weeks before election day. We have to vote, y'all. We can't let this year of exposure go by in vain. We have to take this exposure and truly heal. And unfortunately, the onus has come on us again to heal our nation because if we leave it in white supremacy's hands, child. Let's be real, it only took Hitler like a year after he got in power to fully become a dictatorship. So if you really want the vote to not count, just wait another year. <laughs> that vote you've been disregarding for so long, it won't count for real because it'll be an, author- an, authoritar- uh, um, an authoritarian dictatorship, okay? You ain't even going to have to worry about casting a vote because there will be no votes. The democracy will be gone. So, And, uh, and don't let... Um, November the 3rd be the last time you vote either. If you got some local elections coming up, make sure you vote in those. Okay? Ain't no electoral college in in local and state elections, okay? Okay, I just want I want people, I want the poli size on Facebook to recognize this because y'all be the main ones that try to tell people not to vote because the electoral college has it rigged but that's only that's that's only in the presidential election boo it's a lot more stuff you can vote for in this here democracy okay so local 
state elections. You got your local elections, your mayors, your sheriffs are usually elected, city councils elected, commissioners, aldermen if you're in a bigger city, your state representatives, state senate. Know when these elections are and go vote. We just had our local elections here in Huntsville. And when I tell you I couldn't count on my fingers, my toes, and the person next beside, uh, next to me, fingers and toes, the amount of times that people have had conversations with me about how they don't like the mayor. You know, they don't fuck with Tommy Battle. They feel like, you know, he's not a mayor of the people. He only cares about the south side of town. He's letting the north side of town come into ruins. Uh, hashtag tear gas Tommy. He tear gas innocent protesters down at down to the protest downtown. He let the HPD be on top of the roof with snipe pointing sniper rifles at innocent civilians, innocent taxpaying civilians, you know, while they pro- peacefully protested their democratic right within you know the constitution i can't count how many times i had these conversations with people in the city tommy battle one by landslide <laughs> okay like let's be real only we only had 17 percent voter turnout in our last local election and tommy battle one by landslide they could would have had 30 percent 35 percent 40 percent and the remaining 23 percent voted against him He could have been out of here. Voting matters. Voting is important. Voting is your right as an American citizen. Exercise exercise that right any opportunity you get. Because you never know when the opportunity will be gone. Our days are numbered on this here planet. We never know the time nor the place when we're going to be called home. With our ancestors. Just try to live your best life while you're here. Black people, let's love on each other. Black women, let's love on black men. Black men, love on black women. And that love includes being able to take constructive criticism. Not taking criticism as a slight. Not getting defensive. When black women say they need more protection, when black women say, hey, this misogyny y'all kicking our way is really, you know, tearing us down. We want to be our best selves so we can fight for the cause. But I feel like we fight the oppressor and the oppressed is fighting us. Okay, Listen, love, learn. You don't know how many more rotations around the sun you have. The tragic passing of Kobe and Chadwick can teach us anything is that death doesn't care. It doesn't care if you won Academy Awards or Emmys. It doesn't care if you have five NBA championships and retired on top. Death doesn't care. When it's your time, when it's time for your spirit to leave this physical world and return to the return to the ancestral world. You're gone. What type of mark have you left on the world? Did you leave the Band-Aid or did you let the wound heal? (sighs) I thank y'all for listening to my therapy session. (laughs) There won't be um, any political shit 
on this on this episode. I've already talked about the political shit, okay? I um I had this whole spill about the DNC and the RNC and Cardi B and Joe Biden having an interview and you know what? I'm just like oh what's the point? What's the point? Chadwick Boseman then passed away. I'm not finna talk about that dry ass DNC or that lying ass RNC, okay? <laughs> we got bigger fish to fry. I did want to give, or I do want to give a shout out to the NBA. I'm so proud of my favorite league, okay? I'm so proud. So proud. Because after the tragic shooting and paralyzation of Jacob Blake by police officers in Wisconsin, the NBA came together. They boycotted some games. They had meetings. They talked it out. I haven't not seen so many black men being emotional on TV that uh, that just touched me in a different way because our emotions are so important our emotions are tied to our spirit and in tumultuous times like this you have to feel those emotions you have to be able to get on any platform Proud of Doc Rivers. He got on there and started crying. Talking about injustice. Proud of Chris Webber. He was trying to do his little post game in the well, there was no game, but trying to do his his um his commentary. Terry clearly affected. Jamal Murray. He he balled out and brought uh brought damn Denver back from three one off the strength of the ancestors alone, okay, and fifty point games. I think he from Canada, but he still felt it, okay. Cried after many a games. I'm very very proud of the NBA. It's not <clears throat> a political organization, but it is an organization full of black men, 85% to be exact. I think that's the number I read. Sounds about right. I'm very, very proud of the, of the WNBA. Now, the WNBA, they've been on one, okay? They've been fist to the sky. Okay, they ain't new to this. They true to this, period. But they boycotted their games as well, came out with T-shirts with seven bullet holes in the back, you know, the moment came, and they rose to the occasion. They really did. I'm very, very proud of them. Very, very proud of both of those leagues. So often, people try to say that they should just shut up and dribble. It's not political. It's just a game. It's just a sport. LeBron James is an international icon. If LeBron James would have came out and dribbled that ball after the on the day that Jacob Blake then got shot, see, that don't even sound right. I don't even. I couldn't even see him doing it because he knows the power he wills. He's able to get in some rooms and have some meetings with people, and it's not you know a political thing. He won't be able to you know pass laws because he's not a senator or you know a politician. But you have the power to speak to someone. You have the power to make your voice known, your opinion known. 
to stand strong on your values and say, I don't, this is not right. We are all American citizens. Proud of those boys, of those men, excuse me, and those women very, very much. Um, I had some music stuff that I wanted to talk about, but I think I'm just going to let this episode rock the way it is. This episode is for Chadwick. Rest in power again to Chadwick Boseman. This episode is for my people, as every episode is. I got my fist to the sky for y'all. I'm going to always fight for my people. I'm not going to do a bless your heart segment this episode either. I don't even have any hearts I want to bless. Bless all of our hearts for having to deal with the fuckery that we deal with. Okay, bless us all. I send positive energy, positive prayers out to everyone within the sound of my voice. I love you. If no one else has said it to you today, say it to yourself. You got to go look in the mirror. Go tell yourself, child, I love you. (laughs) That's going to conclude this episode of Mouth of the South podcast. Check out the description box. Email me. Leave a comment. Five-star review. And until next time. As we say down here in the South, a trouble shared is a trouble halved.